Hello, everybody. We are My Oh My, it's hospitality time, reporting to you from HR in Happy Valley. And we're here to talk about just that, all things human resources. Uh, my name is Jared. I have all, a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, a lot of food and beverage experience. So I'd like to be able to bring that kind of side of uh, hospitality and the human resource aspect of it uh, into this podcast. And uh, I'm really excited to share what I know, share my experiences, and uh, hopefully learn a lot from uh, my companions here. What's up, guys? My name is Kyle. I'm a third year student majoring in hospitality as well. And I have some experience in hotels and restaurants, so should be able to provide a pretty centered point of view. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh. I'm a fourth year student. Uh, I got a lot of experience mostly in the restaurant industry, and I'm happy to talk to you guys, maybe give you some different insights about what we're going to be talking about. Um, very passionate about sports, and I feel like we could really bring, uh, bring that uh, ideas into the workplace, and I'm happy to continue talking with you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great to be here. Uh, my name is Toby. I am a third-year hospitality student as well. My focus is in hotels, however, a little bit like Kyle. We both have experience in the hotel field. Uh, coming up, we're going to be doing a little bit of a desk thing. Everyone's going to have their own thing going on, so stay tuned for that. It's great to be with everyone here, so let's get ready for this podcast, huh? All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to start our here's the buzz section here. Uh, this is where all of us are going to report from our respective desks, uh, kind of bringing everybody something different, um, something relevant, something new, uh, and something that we all think is very important. Um, so I'll go first, uh, and I'm reporting from the here's something you should care about desk. And I have a article titled Tension on the Front Lines. Low-wage workers want higher pay and more training, not bigger titles. Uh, this was published to Forbes on July 21st, 2022. And I think it brings up a really great point about kind of the shifting dynamic in the workplace uh, with us younger generations coming up. Um, new workers want exactly what the title says. They want higher pay and more training. They're sick of what people are calling false promotions, uh, just flashy titles, uh, time off, kind of small stuff like that uh, within the workplace that don't really do much for these employees. Uh, and it led to something that experts are calling the great resignation, um, where people are switching to better jobs in industries that are raging, raising wages and offering more training and better benefits. And uh, I think this is something that we all should care about because if the hospitality industry doesn't do something to combat this, um, uh, the employment levels are going to go down and the, the worker shortage is just only going to get worse. That's a really interesting article. I think uh, false titles is a, a good way to put it, but I've definitely seen some examples of that. Yeah. So what's up? Sorry. Sorry, Josh. Uh, just real quick. It's, it's something that I've, you know, kind of found, in my experiences in the restaurant as well, where coworkers have just been getting these fake promotions just so they can work more for less money. And, you know, it really drives down that, that morale in the workplace. 
All right, don't mean to change the topic here, but again, my name is Kyle, and today I will be speaking from the Here's Something Innovative desk. I chose this because I think new technology and ideas are really fascinating to see, especially in our industry. Um, the introduction of innovative things into society is so common, but I think we overlook how important these things really are. So the article and video I have selected is called, What is the Future of the Office? This article was published by The Economist and there is no author listed, but Tom Standage is the deputy editor. The article begins talking about how offices are increasingly changing and how they used to be in the past. Um, they used to be like really dull places where people would just go and get their work done and then leave kind of the the nine to five grind, I guess. Um, this isn't really the case anymore. Offices are becoming more focused on the employee and not just the work that they do. The pandemic kind of pushed this to be more of a reality with the inclusion of hybrid work. We see a lot of employees very focused on seeking like hybrid or virtual working options because they think it's so much more effective and obviously easier for them. The idea of having more smaller office buildings is appealing to many because it means they don't have to travel into these like highly populated areas like business districts and cities and stuff like that. Uh, the article talks about how a five minute or a 10 minute city would be possible with smaller work buildings. This means that you could have everything you need within a five or a 10 minute walk from your house, which is a really innovative thing to consider. It, pretty much makes it so you don't need any transportation, which is obviously saving time and money for the citizens, but it's also better for the environment. And for practicing managers, I think this could be a huge advantage to recruiting new employees. Uh, the idea of being able to walk to everything you need is extremely rare, and it could give employees another reason to work at a company. Yeah, then that article brings up a lot of good insight. And I do think that uh, offices are definitely changing how it's run, not like the nine to five anymore. It's a lot more different ideas and things. Um, switching gears again. Uh, my name is Josh again. And uh, my desk was something to think about. And the article that I have is what team sports can teach us about DEI. And DEI is diversity, inclusion, or diversity, uh, equality and inclusion, and it's about Jonathan uh, Genove. Uh, mainly what this article is talking about, how playing the team sport is something we can bring into the workplaces and something you learn from playing sports is something that you could uh, bring into your job and it can help everybody out. Um, some of the things they mentioned is like uh, maximizing your strengths. And that's something like if you're on a team, and you one position, say you're not doing that good in that position, the coach will most likely move you to a different position to help you out. And in a job that can help you out either, if you're doing this one task, but you're not doing too well on the task, maybe the boss can help you move you to a different task that you do better in or even a different job position. And I feel like that's something we could bring to the workplace to really help everybody out. Another thing that uh, this article talks about is uh, clear goals shared. Uh, when you're on a team, everybody has the same goal if you're winning whatever tasks you guys also got set out to do. And in a workplace that can really help everybody out, if everybody has this one goal that we're trying to meet, maybe maximize profits or 
win this award. I feel like that could really help the workplace out. If everybody gets this clear goal instead of what I feel like is happening now, where everybody has their own goals set and they just want to do what they got to do, they just do what they're doing and don't really think about the team. So I was just thinking this article is good, give you something to think about and different ideas to bring into the workplace. And, and I like that philosophy that you're, you're discussing there, especially for our particular podcast uh, subject matter. I mean, we're talking about what we can do as hospitality leaders. That's going to be something uh, recurring in our podcast. So I think that philosophy of, you know, if you don't go well at this position, let's say you're, you know, eight feet tall or whatever, and you're a point guard, clearly that's not your strength. So I think that that philosophy applies so much to, uh, to, to what we're going to be talking about. And uh, actually I have a, I have an article that kind of transitions uh, leeways into that. Cause so this, this article I have here, it's called city of London workers kept going to office during heat wave. I was published on Bloomberg by Neil Callanan on July 25th this year. Um, I think those are, those two are related just because uh, I'm going to be talking actually from this desk, excuse me. I didn't even introduce it. It's uh, the, here's something cool desk. And just to tie all that together, I think this is just an awesome uh, article because what we can do as managers is something to think about at every opportunity when you're discussing hospitality and with workers going, you know, this article basically uh, dictates that even through a heat wave in London, 60% of workers were still at the office. And, uh, you know, that's obviously absurd temperatures. People are still working in, in outdoors in such conditions. And uh, what can we do as, as uh, HR managers? I, I think that's something we're going to be talking about a lot in our next segment. But uh, for now, I, I think just have to say that as HR managers, we have to be incentivizing. We have to be promoting healthy and work environments, especially now in a, in a very self-empowered workplace uh, workforce in which a lot of people don't want to go outside or, you know, they want to work from home, whichever the situation might be. So I uh, definitely think that, excuse me. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much what the article talks about. That's pretty interesting, Toby. Um, so how would how would you as a manager get to deal with employees trying to get them to work under less than ideal or like hot conditions? And uh, I actually I appreciate you asking that question. I worked uh, one year in the Middle East. So these hot conditions were something not too foreign to me. Um, what my managers did for a lot, we actually had a increased pay for those working longer hours in the sun. Uh, there would also be general, the most thing that my experience was incentivization. However, I think promoting healthy workplace environment, not taking those ultra long hours, uh, you know, closing the patio in hospitality, you know, if it's too hot, no one's going to sit out there. So there's a lot of alleyways we can, we can tackle and a lot of things we can do as HR managers, but in general, to prevent that sort of uh, environment to even come up in the first place, I think is, uh, is the best thing. Thanks for the question, Kyle. Yeah, definitely. You gave some, some really good feedback on that too. Perfect. And uh, we're going to transition here to our next segment that just about wraps up our here's the bus segment. So thanks everyone for our input and uh, stay tuned.
All right, everybody, welcome back. We are all here now for the global spotlight segment of our podcast. Uh, this is where we reach out to students from outside of the U.S. to kind of get their take uh, on HR issues and how it differs for them to us. All right, so I'd like to give a warm welcome to our two friends from the Netherlands, Daniel and Jennifer. They'll be able to give us some good insight of what uh, different places look like in the industry. And during the Global Spotlight, what we're going to be talking about is second chance program uh, folks uh, working back into the workplace, um, looking to get some different insight because uh, Netherlands and United States definitely have different ideas of how we handle uh, our people that are incarcerated and we're looking forward to see different insights from the Netherlands and uh, United States. Yeah, and we're going to be doing a little bit of a round format. We're going to list our situations at first, some, uh, some problems. Then we're going to go into the solutions and then we're just going to have an open discussion uh, on the uh, reintegration of prior justice impacted people uh, into the workforce specific. Oh my God, excuse me, specifically in, um, in the hospitality industry. So let's jump right into it. So my topic is about breaking stigmas. And I think this is a really prevalent thing in the workplace because people aren't really informed. And these are people that, you know, we break laws, not everybody, but we break laws every day and they're people just like us. And I think we need to realize that and welcome them into our workplaces. So, yeah, what, what I think from my point of view, from being a citizen of the Netherlands, what I see is that, yeah, in theory, our, our, our justice system works pretty, uh, pretty well. Uh, but what we also see is that people, when they come out of out of the, the, the prisons, that they do not really get a job really quickly. Only four to five men who come out of job uh, will stay unemployed. Uh, so there's only one out of five who really gets into a job quickly. Uh, but on the other hand, we also see uh, study shows that, yeah, having a job directly after getting, uh, getting out of, of prison does not really keep you straight. So it's more about everything around that. I think it is more about helping people on their way to getting their rhythm and their own life back again. And not only just yeah, giving them a job and, and guessing that it will all be all right. So yeah, we might need to look a bit further than that. That's a really interesting statistic. Uh, one out of five, five men will, only one out of five men will, will have a job straight out of uh, the justice system. Uh, definitely going to talk about that as well. First of all, uh, let me say that I, I really agree with with uh, everything that has been said until now. Um, and I think underlying all of that, we also really need to look at culture and how different countries and different cultures um, uh, deal with, with this daily. So, of course, all the laws are different and um, different countries have different ways to deal as well with the reinstatement uh, of previously incarcerated people. So I think that's also a very important topic to look at how we can um adapt different strategies and and how we can um help people uh, in this sense in in the different cultures that we have around the world 
Yeah, I agree with what everybody's saying. I especially agree with the point about the stigma. I feel like uh, once, like for the second chance program, people, a lot of people in the manager, uh, managers feel like they might be taking a risk with taking someone on. But I feel like that stigma is not just with the managers, but then it can also be on with the people who just got out feeling that they won't get a job and end up just going to an entry-level job. And that's why they end up just going back into prison. So I feel like we have to do a better chance of getting rid of that stigma and not having uh, the bad stereotypes around these second chance programs. Absolutely. Like, like Kyle said, I mean, they're just everyday people just like us. So uh, we're going to go on to the next, the next segment here. Uh, This is going to be more about the best practices to kind of help combat this issue. And um, I can start this off with, a really interesting t- statistic that uh, Jeff Abramowitz gave us. Uh, he said that uh, over 70% of incarcerated people will return within three to five years, and they have a 43% better chance of staying out of prison if only just one class is taken while in the prison system. So I think that the best practice to kind of combat this uh, happens a little bit before uh, they actually get out of the justice system. And it would just be it, even just one educational class, um, like like a, like Jeff said, really has a huge impact. Um, so I think just even taking that step a little earlier to kind of push people towards the right direction is is exactly how we have to combat this issue. So um, I'm actually glad you were talking about that because uh, what I was talking about earlier was the the reintegration and what we can do as one on one. But Jared, you were saying, you know, if we just stop that and nip that at the neck, uh, you can go ahead and just, you know, as a group, if we really put an effort towards uh, providing these uh, education opportunities and anything just to help reintegrate, you're getting a very valuable worker out of this. And, you know, as far as a one-on-one, you know, HR leader, one-on-ones with the person, you know, make sure you're you're in the loop as to what their goals are and what they want to get out of this. Because if you're both collaborating on that, you're going to get a much more successful employee out of that and just benefit overall. I mean, you can only get good stuff out of, out of, uh, you know, the hiring of prior justice impacted people. So uh, I just think overall working with them to reintegrate them is probably the most important thing. Yeah, I like that a lot. That kind of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of deal where, you know, if we give as managers, if we help these people out and we, you know, show them compassion and kind of help them on their way, uh, they're going to give us their all 110 yeah, percent. Exactly. In return. So uh, that's a really good point. Because I really like how you said what, what Jeff Ramovich also said is, is yeah, saying it as as. Um, just as impacted individuals is, is really changing this whole mindset towards these people is, is I think some vital step to take in the beginning for everyone who's yeah willing and open to work uh, with them and I think it's not just like we're speaking about this now for the hospitality industry because of course there are such big staffing problems but it should not be that that is the only reason we're now hiring them it's not like a lost solution and we'll kick them out as soon as we have plenty of room again it's it's normal people we're talking about, and they're humane. They have an opinion and a voice, and of course, as a hospitality industry, working with people, you gotta 
look at what they did and, and how they are as persons. But I think, and I think that is something we learn within hospitality, one of the most important things is treat people as they are at this moment. And yeah, having having people uh, who were previously yeah, impacted by this, I think it is very interesting to all treat them the same as, as any normal uh, uh, yeah, human coming in for a job. And I think you can really... Um, yeah, take them in and, and therefore not only solve the problems you have right now, but also go on and motivate the rest of your employees with it. So I think starting by changing this mindset is, is something really important to start with uh, here. I, I really very much agree with what everyone has said until now. I think really we need to start at the uh, discrimination and the stigma that there is against uh, previously incarcerated people. Um, and um, and honestly, we also should not focus only on the hiring process, but this discrimination is everywhere. So when a previously incarcerated uh, person actually just, just leaves prison, it's not only hard to get a job, it's hard to do everything. It's hard to re-enter the family. It's hard to uh, get housing. Yeah, so many things. And I really think that we as future managers as well, should take us into consideration. And it was said already, really one-on-one -on -one help each other. And in general, start really at the education as well. So educate people in general that um, previously incarcerated people, they shouldn't be labeled because they made a mistake. And that mistake does not define exactly who they are. But um, prison should actually also not be seen as punishment, but as a, a reinstatement and a, a relearning to to come back into society. Yeah, one mistake one mistake doesn't doesn't make or break your life. I'm, I love that. Um, so uh, just one more thing, Dan. You have something else. If you had something else you wanted to add, uh, but well, yeah. if not, we can go to the lightning round. Just really quick, I was wondering from like because me and general we know the Dutch perspective, but how is that? In the US, as you said, it's not that much focus on reintegration, but I mean, the justice also, it's, it's it's super expensive. And in a time right now where we are struggling with uh, getting employees, is it not something you think like should be more focused on as well? Uh, it's not even, I don't even think that it's, it's something that we shouldn't focus on. Um, I think that it, it's just, so different that our, our stigma is really bad around around people who have been in the justice system. I mean, just the other day, I had a, a person come into one of our classes and talk to us about it. And she came up and she said, you know, what would you say if I was, if I told you I had been in the justice system? And all four people at my table, we all had different responses. And I think that really shows that we can't, we don't focus on it because everybody has such differing perspectives. So it's kind of hard to unite everybody to reform the prison system as a whole. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go into the lightning round here real quick. Um, we're just gonna give a couple a couple final words, uh, concluding points uh, in a short phrase here. I can go first and I, my look past the incarceration. Um, it's not just like Jennifer said, one decision doesn't define you. Uh, and I really like that, so there you go. Yeah, so I think the main point would be breaking stigmas to change lives because that's really what we're doing changing people's lives yeah turn it over i would say let's change our mindset to treat people like people again yeah i think if i just have a couple of words it would be uh show interest in your employees you know 
all of them. Yeah, um, if I would say really shortly, I really think uh, it should be um, change the education system to be less discriminative. Yeah, I think mine would be we just got to face the negative stereotypes to help these people get back into the workplace. All right, everyone, that's about all the time we have for our podcast today. Uh, we all had a really great time talking about some new and exciting articles in the hospitality industry regarding HR. Um, definitely have a lot to think about. Uh, most importantly, though, um, we had some great insights in the global spotlight section uh, from our Dutch counterparts. Um, look at we'll look into those a lot. Uh, definitely think about that as we go out into the world, into the industry to start our new careers. So we just really like to thank our Dutch counterparts, Daniel and Jennifer, for coming out and sharing their uh, their great ideas with us. Yeah, I would also like to give a special thank you to Jeffrey Abramowitz, Dr. K, Tamar Turner, and Sydney Taylor Pons. Um, they were all a great help. And most importantly, you, the listener. Thank you as well. <laughs>